I'm Julie Lamb, a therapist turned life and business coach. In all my years as a therapist and coach, I have seen that true healing and growth comes from understanding your greatest asset, your brain. To manage your life and business, you first have to manage your mind. I'm here to help you figure out what the hell is my brain doing? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm really excited to get into this series where we're going to talk about the evolution of the brain, the motivation of the brain, our safety, like how that has all come about, and then the triggers to also look for, as well as I'm going to give you some practical tips to help you out right now. I have always been fascinated with the brain, and I remember in college taking a psychology class and actually worked for one of my professors all about the brain neurology. I categorized all of her findings and research, and I found so much interesting information that got me to think about why we do the things that we do. And I have been on this lifelong journey of studying about the brain, and I'm hoping that I'm bringing this to you in pieces that make sense and are actually really applicable to you so that we're no longer afraid of what our brain does. So I want to first start off, and we're going to go back to the anatomy of the brain, and we're going to talk about how this has evolved over time. So imagine we're back in caveman times. So we're basic humans on the earth at this time. And when we're here, the only thing that we are focused on truly is survival, survival of the species. And it's been said that our brain is actually so much heavier and so much more intricate than those early brains. And it's because we've had to take in a lot more information, a lot more process. And as we do that, all that information has just created essentially this bigger mass. Our species has evolved to the point where we now can anticipate a lot of the needs, a lot of the things that will help us to survive. So that's where I want to first start. So when your brain has evolved, I want you to imagine it essentially in three layers. Last time I talked about two, I've talked about this a lot, about that basic need. It's just basic survival where we learn how to breathe and digest. And it's just basically the function of the body. From there, we have another layer. This next layer, and we're going to divide it into three kind of categories to look at. And it's the, the vagus nerve. Remember, we talked about that's where the parasympathetic is. Remember, parasympathetic is peace. So it's the calm and the inhibitions, basically, kind of simmers you down, so to speak. Then there's the sympathetic, which is the energizing and exciting. It's the adrenaline. It's what gets you pumping and going. And then the next one is kind of, they're going to call it a new thing that's kind of come about as humans have evolved. And it's a social engagement. And essentially it's where we have learned the cues that are going on around us. And we have decided what that means. And I want to go back and say, our brain is geared to look for danger. It's geared to look for the negative. So we are more prone to see a grumpy face, an angry face faster than we are to see a smiling face. And we also expect to see that a lot more. I was thinking about this. I was recently on a plane ride and I'm sitting there just enjoying the preloading. And I know there's nothing really to enjoy. It kind of feels a little chaotic, but I was sitting there and just feeling like this was okay. And there was a woman and her child that were walking towards me and the child like swung her backpack around totally an innocent thing. She is, children are not actually very aware of their, their surroundings and as she did this, I was like, oh, this is totally fine. The mom was very, very quick to apologize. I'm so sorry. She didn't mean to do anything. I just smiled at her and I said, you know, it's fine. It's kids. Kids do this. It's not a problem. And she said something very interesting that I think I've made my mission a little bit more too, where she says, well, not as many people are as forgiving as you are. And I need her to know that. 
And that actually made me a little sad. It made me a little sad that our brains are so used to looking for the negative that we also expect everybody else is negative as well. And I think that we can change this narrative for sure. But I also want you to understand that that is your brain's default. Your brain's default is called a negative bias. It will naturally look for the danger, the things that will hurt us. And I've said that over and over. And so when you start to think, why do I only think about negative things? Why am I only thinking that? You have to understand your brain is actually programmed to do that because going back, your brain is also meant to serve three core needs, safety, satisfaction, and connection. So safety wants to avoid harm. It doesn't want to experience anything difficult satisfaction. What's pleasurable? What do I like? What feels good in that moment? And that connection, we want to feel like we belong. We want to feel like we have community around us. Those three needs are essentially what your brain is continuing to process. So whether it's through the parasympathetic, the sympathetic, or the social, it is looking for those needs to be met. When those needs are met, it's considered a resting state. When your brain feels safe, when it feels satisfied, when it feels connected, and it isn't searching for danger, it rests. It actually lets you enjoy and look around. And so in the plane, that was what it was happening. I felt safe. I felt totally excited about where I was going. I felt connected with the people I was going to go see. I didn't feel any danger. My brain was at rest. And because it was at rest, I was able to see things not as harmful. So this little girl coming towards me, she's not a threat. She's not danger. And my brain didn't see this backpack as danger. It saw me as a little girl that was unsure of her surroundings. The mom, however, wasn't sure. She didn't feel safe in that moment. She didn't feel there was a lot of stress and anxiety. She even mentioned this was her daughter's first trip. So her brain is on high alert for the dangers. And interestingly enough, there was this need to protect as well. That mama bear would have come out. Had I said anything negative to that girl, you can guarantee that that mom would have corrected me to protect her child. Later, she may correct her child, but she would definitely protect her child in that moment because that is what your brain is geared to do. I want you to view that as so much strength and power. The power comes from being able to protect, being able to find the safety and being able to go back to that resting state. Each response, the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, is simply a way for the brain to decide the best way to survive and what is happening. Something to add here, these are often not conscious decisions. We can't choose whether we're going to fight, flight, or freeze. We can just be aware of our triggers and perhaps start training the brain ahead of time. In that moment, because I was at rest, I didn't view danger. I didn't have a need to fight, flight, or freeze. The mom, however, was viewing everything as a potential danger, and she could have fought, but because I gave, I'm going to call it a non-stress response, her body was able, her brain was able to take that information and recognize that it didn't need to fight. It could calm the system, and she didn't have to run away from it. She didn't have to do really anything except process what was going on. So this is where I want you to understand what your brain is doing. It's taking in all of this information. It's trying to decide what do I do with it? So another thing to consider when your brain is motivated by these three needs, whatever is going to avoid the harm, whatever's going to be fun, whatever's going to drive that connection, it's also going to do it in the most efficient way possible. Your brain is the most powerful computer. 
I don't know about you, but whenever you get on the computer and it does something so fast, it updates, it does whatever, your brain is constantly doing that. It takes an information and it says, oh, I will always be safe in this situation, or I will always be on alert in this situation. It takes whatever circumstances we have had, and it decides how we're going to react to them. I find this really fascinating, especially from the therapy perspective, because this is what drives how we feel and act over our lifetime and any specific situation. It's simply based upon the challenges we've had, how we've overcome those challenges, and then also how it makes us feel. And that is then in turn impacted, our experiences are impacted by the people, our learning, certain situations we've been in. So I'll give you an example. If you as a child always felt safe at grandma's house, you always felt like grandma and grandpa had the best cookies. It was safe. I was totally comfortable there. Often that translates to where you might feel safe in the presence of, shall I say, older people. If you as a child had horrible experiences with grandma and grandpa and did not feel safe, felt like it was a very unsafe place, you may be very distrustful of older people. This is how your brain has computed certain experiences and certain people to keep you safe and to keep you alive. So when your brain is saying danger, 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 what I want you to start doing is look back. When did I decide that that was danger? When did I decide that this was a problem? So another example I have always been, I'm going to call it the good student. I love to study, love to learn. I did really well in high school, you know, when I go to college, my first experience in a college class was, of course, as a freshman taking an 8 a.m. class. And if anybody knows, that's like the most horrible thing to do. And it was calculus on top of it. I don't know if you, I'm a social work major. (laughs) Math was not my thing. And here I am taking engineering calculus on top of it. So I'm with a lot of people that love math, love deep diving into it and totally get it. I had no clue what was going on, but my brain was so confused with this because my brain is used to doing well in school. So the first test I get, I think I failed it completely. And I went into the teacher and I was like, I never fail. I don't know what to do with this. And he suggested some things that could help. So I did all of it. I hired a tutor. I went to extra study courses. I met with the teacher. I actually went to a different class as well to see if I could understand. I actually went in overload to show that I could do this. I worked so hard in that class and I got a C. And I have to tell you, I celebrated that C. And I celebrated it because I could see how hard I worked. And I'm actually grateful for that experience because it helped my brain to see that I can work really, really hard and still not get the result I want, but it gives me the result I need. I want you to hear that. Sometimes we may not always get the result we want, but we can always get the result we need. That's how your brain has evolved. It now looks at things to say, maybe I won't get what I want, but I will get what I need. And so sometimes when we find that we're just like going through the motions, sit back and ask yourself, what is my brain telling me I need in this moment? When we understand that, then we can begin to understand more of the safety triggers. So what I want you to take from this is just first decide when you're noticing something that you don't love, you're not particularly excited about, you don't want that belief anymore, go back and decide when did you decide? Another way to look at this is imagine that your brain is like the Grand Canyon. And there's a whole bunch of neural paths that are all over the place. And basically what's happened is that your brain decided at one point to get to point B 
and it continued to forge this path and it created this deepening. It's like when a river is formed, it creates this new path. The more we practice, the more we do it, the deeper it gets. And so as you're trying to say, where did this come from? You're going back to that point A. Now your brain wants to keep going the same way it always did, but you don't want it to. You're saying, actually, I want it to do something a little different. This is called neuroplasticity, where you're trying to change the brain. And basically what you want to do is you want to create, starting from this new idea, new belief, you want to create a new path. And to do that, you have to keep practicing it. You keep thinking it and you keep doing it. So I'm going to go back to that experience. If you say, you know, I had a really good experience with my grandparents, or let's say you didn't have a good experience, but you want to trust older people. You want to not be afraid. So what you're going to do is you're going to decide you're going to make a new belief. You're going to say, there is no danger in this certain population. There is no harm in this certain situation. And you're going to keep practicing it. And sometimes you'll put yourself in situations that feel okay. It's like going to calculus class all over again. I didn't stop going to school just because I had this horrible experience. I instead said, I will go to a class that I enjoy, that I like, as I build that neuroplasticity to knowing that I can succeed. Those are kind of the couple of examples that I want you to think about. Think about how you, in turn, created those canyons in your own brain. I want you to think about how you can put them in a way that feels good to you. So first thing, remember, we want to go back. When did I decide this? When did I decide that this was what I was going to believe, what I was going to think? And then the next thing is, if I want to change it, what do I want to change it to? And am I willing to practice it? Okay. I hope this was helpful. This is our first part in this series where we're just looking at, again, the brain. We want to be able to say, what is safe? What is good? Where did I decide this? Where did this come from? The next part, we're going to talk about this whole safety idea. We're going to go deeper into what created this evolution of safety and how we can then move above that. So until next time, this is Julie Lamb and what the hell is my brain doing? If you love today's show, I would love for you to take a minute and give a five-star rating and a review. Subscribe and share with those that you know would love to learn more about managing their brains. If you're ready to join me, I want to invite you to coach with me where we uncover more about your brain so that you can have the life and business you dream about. Manage your brain is more than just a thought. It is a possibility. Go to www.julielamcoaching.com to learn more.